This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. I am your trustworthy host. Added trustworthy in there, Brian Peachy. We got some picks for you guys. UFC San Antonio is this this Saturday. Um, very excited for this card. You know what? I mean, there's some good fights on this card. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm like blown away by it. Um, however, I love the main event. I love Leon Edwards. Not one of my guys per se, but I do root for him. I do think he has a lot of talent. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know why he, you know, he's got some good wins on his record, but this is a huge step up, right? His only loss in the UFC, I believe, is Kamar Usman, who, I mean, Leon Edwards' big Achilles heel, being an English fighter with the with the striking abilities and all that was his wrestling, and Kamar Usman obviously exposed that. RDA can, can grapple too, boys. So it, it's an interesting main event. It's an interesting line. I wrote these lines down a couple days ago. I'm going to cross-check with... Uh, with the current websites, we do what we do. Um, right when I put up the podcast yesterday, the news broke that one of my guys, Justin Gaethje, is main eventing, uh, what is it, Vancouver in September um, against Donald Cerrone. I know they're buddies, the Colorado guys. They don't train together, and, and I'm, I think they're just acquaintances. I don't think they're, you know, they're not training partners. They don't know each other all that well. Or, I mean, they know each other, but they don't train together, so it's not that big of a deal, but... Cowboy alluded to it in in an Instagram post, and then um, and then it, you know it set kind of the world on fire. Everyone was kind of guessing who it was. People were like, "Oh, well, he's matched up. He's matched up." And it was Gaethje, and and I love the fight. I love the fight for Gaethje. Gaethje's one of my guys. I think it's a good matchup. If you watch the Tony Ferguson fight, if you watch you know Devin, aka Dev Goes Fishing, uh, who's a friend of the podcast, he even mentioned it when he was texting me. He said. Um, if you watch the RDA fight, I mean, because RDA throws a lot of kicks, Justin Gaethje throws a lot of kicks. His leg kicks are deadly. I mean, you know, he he smoked uh, Cowboy, but you know, it's an interesting fight. It's an interesting matchup. Uh, you know, Gaethje's hittable. Cowboy's not really too dangerous with his hands. I think we found that out in the Ferguson fight. He didn't phase Ferguson with his hands at all. It's his kicks. I think Gaethje is going to come forward and, and, and pound away at, uh, at at Cowboy. I think it's going to be a good fight. All right, so let's just get in the picks. This is late. It's 9-17. Wife just got home. She, uh, I said, right before we put the baby down, I got to sneak in and do this podcast because I got a busy day tomorrow. I don't know when I could get it. Obviously, the fights are Saturday. Uh, Saturday, day of, record, put out the podcast. That doesn't give you guys enough time to, you know, absorb the information. And, and I'm trying to get you guys rich, okay? It's like, it's like I'm doing you guys a service, okay? Yes, I'm uh, so this week, <clears throat> we're in San Antonio. I've been to San Antonio. Um, and if you're listening to this and you're from San Antonio, I apologize. But goddamn, what a boring city. I'm sorry. I went with an ex-girlfriend's family many, many moons ago. The year prior, we went to Vegas. Awesome. Then they're like, let's mix it up. Let's go to San Antonio. And I'm like, uh. my parents had been there. One of my uncles moved out there for a job one time. So my parents have been out there. They raved about it. It stinks, right? I'm I'm leaving the little uh the river walk or whatever the, the thing is, right? We go to a restaurant, subpar restaurant. I go, I got a little bit of a cold, I got a little bit, you know, me, I'm always sick. I got a little bit of a whatever. Let me run to Walgreens real quick and uh because we were staying in the same room as her parents. Her dad snored like a fucking lawnmower, so I'm getting no sleep. I end up sleeping in the tub. 
because I couldn't sleep. Like it's me. If I'm asleep, I'm good, but I can't takes me a while to fall asleep. This dude is passing out with beers in his hand and shit, just ripping snoring. So I popped, I wanted to go to Walgreens and get maybe some sleep medication uh, to help me sleep. Closed at eight o'clock on a Saturday. Walgreens closed at eight o'clock on a Saturday. What? So, uh, you know, I just think it was a boring city. Sorry, San Antonio. All right. So first fight of the night, we got Domingo Pilarte, 8-1 versus Felipe Corrales. Domingo is a minus 300 favorite. And uh, Corrales is a plus 230 underdog. Um, Colaris? Colaris? Domingo Pilarte, he won impressively last summer on the contender series. He beat Vince Morales in a back-and-forth war. He got rocked a few times. Um, look good on the ground, look tough. I've been actually trying to figure out where, you know, what happened to this guy. Cause it's been a while. He must've got banged up in that fight. It's, I mean, his last fight with Vince Morales was, I mean, it was, it, it was in July. It was exactly a year ago. He's got a lot. He's got some wins in the LFA, um, kind of everywhere. He's, his loan loss is by a decision by Kylo Machado. So another Brazilian, um, but I like his overall game. I think taking a year off might be smart. I mean, y- you kind of get your name hot with the contender series. You had an impressive performance. Dana, I remember Dana praising him a little bit by his performance. And you kind of disappear. Disappear. Um, uh, who we got here? Felipe Calaris. He's 0-1 UFC. Made his UFC debut versus Gerardo de Freitas on ESPN Plus 2. He lost it by unanimous decision. This guy is a, is a submission threat, uh, threat all around. Um, hmm. Domingo has one sample size, and he looked pretty good against Vince Morales. Vince Morales just lost to Benito Lopez, who's not by you know not a world beater. Um, you know this is this is underdog bait right here because uh, I think Corrales or Colaris is priced really high at plus two thirty. I think that's a really good line for him. Um, I think they're evenly matched. They both have one loss. They both have the same exact record. Domingo coming off the contender series. It's really 50-50 with these guys coming off the contender series. Like, are they are they gonna crack or are they gonna, you know, sink or swim essentially? Um, it's it's hard for me. I've seen more of Domingo. I have looked up his fights. I've been curious about him. I was impressed by his toughness. Calaris seems like kind of a one-dimension guy with the with, the only way he'll get he's gonna win is either by decision or he's gonna submit you. I think Domingo uh, Domingo it's a little more well-rounded, and, and and I'm liking him to win. However, don't touch this fight at all. I don't want to bet this fight. I'm staying away from this fight. First fight of the night could really fuck you up if you start off on a loss. Um, if you're good to bet, and if you're if you're happy, and you and you want to bet, and you want to try to hit some underdogs. Calaris to me is a toss-up. I don't think Domingo should be this high. I don't think Calaris should be that high. Plus two thirty is pretty crazy. So again, I I'm picking Domingo as my official pick, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Calaris has a, has a lot of, a lot of upside boys. Next up, Mario Bautista. I heard, I learned that from the Anarchy Florian podcast. He's six and one. He is a plus 165 underdog. He's fighting Jin Su Sun, who's nine and three. He was a minus 205 favorite, which I find in crazy. He fights at a Korean zombie MMA in South Korea. He is 0-1 UFC with his loss. He lost a decision to Petra Yan, which is a pretty good decision loss to have considering Petra is, is a killer in there. Um, Mario Batista took a short fight notice. His uh, UFC debut against Corey Sanhagen lost by armbar. Um, Sanhagen's a beast. Other than that, that was his only loss. He has most of his wins by submission. Um, 
this is obviously going to be, you know, a, a really close fight. This is another fight that I think is priced a little weird. I actually didn't write down the winner. Um, I think Bautista looked pretty good against Sanhagen, who, again, I think is a top 10, top 5 talent. I'm, I'm big on Corey Sanhagen. Uh, Jin Soon-san, I, I didn't see the Petrion fight. I, 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 I must have missed that one. But, um, you know, coming from a good camp at a Korean Zombie MMA, I don't know what to expect. He's got that fucking Bieber hair that's really big in Korea. I'm looking at his picture now. Um, yeah, I don't know much about him. I wish I did, but yeah, he lost the decision. Looks like he win a lot of his wins are by decision and some are by punches. So he's probably gonna be a stand up guy. Probably fights a lot like Korean Zombie, pretty well rounded. Um, probably not as clean as boxing a zombie, but uh, decent stand up. Again, I'm completely drawing blanks here. I'm just going off his record because I've never seen this guy fight. Bautista, I do remember his fight against Sanhagen on short notice. This kid is, um, you know, he's talented. I, 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 you know, again, Sanhagen is a beast. I'm gonna keep saying it until he fucking hears it and comes on the podcast. Um, I think it's crazy to bet uh, Suzon at minus 205. That's nuts to me. A guy's 0-1 in the UFC. I know Bautista's 0-1 as well, but uh, 9-3 losses. Um, he looks like he's not a killer with, with anything because he has some decision wins in there. Um, I'm going to pick Bautista um, as an underdog here. I'm going to pick him because my, plus 165 is good money. I think he can... Uh, you know, it's going to be tough. I, I, I'm i taking a big risk here. I, I think he could really, um, if the fight goes to the ground, it's going to be a different story, right? Um, Striking-wise, I, I think Jin, uh, Jin Su Sung probably has an advantage. But, um, I, you know, I got a feeling about that Batista is going to come out there and get this fight to the ground and, and, and put in work. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make money. That's what it's all about. Next up, Ray Borg, who's 11-4 versus Gabriel Silvia, who's 7-0. Um, Ray Borg is a minus 250 favorite and Silva is a plus 195 underdog crazy line. Again, three fights that are going to fuck handicappers up. It's messing with my brain. I think these lines are priced really high. Um, Ray Borg came out and he lost his last fight. He was a huge favorite. I think he was maybe my lock of the night and, uh, he got out there and just got out grappled, got out muscled by, uh, who did he fight last time out? It was, it was, it was, uh, not a household name. Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny. Decision him. Um, I thought it was, a, you know, Ray Borg just completely got dominated. Ray Borg's good in the scrambles, good grappler. Gabriel Silvia is, is, is a submission guy. This guy, or excuse me, is he a submission guy? Oh, uh, no, he's got some wins kind of everywhere. Punches and decisions. Doesn't have a, a deep record. Fought once in the LFA and won by a knockout in the first round versus Jake Heffman. Um, making his UFC debut, Team Nogueira. Um... It's hard for me to pick Ray Borg after he lost to Casey Kenny. Obviously, I think that's kind of a different matchup. Casey Kenny's a big, strong dude with good grappling and, and kind of surprised a lot of people in that fight, including me. I had Ray Borg in my lock of the night. Ray Borg's son is doing a lot better. I've, I've been following him on Instagram, which is great news. I think he's in a better headspace now. I think um, I, I'm, I'm going to pick Ray Borg. Again, I'm staying away from this fight at at all costs. Minus 250 favorite for Ray Borg is insanity. Gabriel Silver obviously has some plus, uh, plus, uh, upside. One of my, my brain's broken. It's too late. Uh, some upside at, at plus 195 because, listen, I mean, Ray Borg isn't isn't the, the same guy anymore, I don't think, right? Um, not sure if he's at Winkle John's or anymore, Jackson's or whatever. I think he might have moved. Ray Borg's really good at one thing. He's really good getting you down, getting scrambles in. Decent striking, but he's not going to knock you out. Good submissions, but he's not a, a super killer on the ground. He's just overall really good uh, fighter that really isn't a killer. 
Silva seems like a guy making his UFC debut. Decent, decent striking. Um, I did watch a highlight on him. Highlight on him. I forgot about it. Kind of a little wild and well-rounded everywhere. He could catch Ray Borg. I think Ray Borg's going to be a little smarter than that. But again, Ray Borg's official pick, but that line is absurd. All right. Next up, you got Roxanne. Nailed it. Nailed. Nailed Sting, police, whatever you want to call it. So Roxanne Montefiore, she is 23 and 15. She's fighting Jennifer Maya. Rematch, uh, 16, 5, and 1. Roxanne is a my, uh, plus 100 underdog as of yesterday, two days ago. And Maya is a minus 130 favorite. Maya beat Roxanne before. Roxanne uh, is excited to get this fight back. Chris Curtis changed with Roxanne in, um, in Syndicate in Vegas. I've had personal conversations with Chris, and he told me that Roxanne is like the coolest, funny, like... The coolest chick ever. Like, she's just awesome. And she's been around for a long, long time. She had a big win her last time out. And I remember I remember being upset that I didn't get... Because she was a pretty big underdog and I missed it. Uh, uh, she beat Shevchenko. She beat Antonio Shevchenko's sister. Huge underdog. And I missed it. And she dominated really good. Roxanne's a good grappler. She, she's tough as nails. She's not going to get um, overwhelmed by the moment because she's been there. I mean, she's got... I mean. She's got 38 fights. That's crazy. I mean, she's been around for so long, um, and, and she loves to compete. Jennifer Maya, this is a fight that she wants back. Maya beat her earlier, maybe two, three years ago. Maya, a solid uh, prospect. She hasn't really blown me away in the UFC. Um, she's on a, she came off a win over Alexis Davis, got smoked by Liz Carmouche. Remember that fight? And those were her two fights. Made a name for herself in Invicta. Yeah, so she beat, um, where did she beat Roxanne at? Did that mean okay? Yeah, she beat Roxanne back in 2016 in Invicta by split decision. So close fight. I think Roxanne is is a little more stronger now in her grappling. I think her top game's really tough. Um, I like her as the underdog, so I'm taking Roxanne as an underdog. It also feels good that I'm picking someone who's apparently awesome. So I'm gonna root for Roxanne. I think you guys should too. Hopefully, make a little money on that. Hopefully, that line doesn't move too much because I was actually surprised that she was the underdog. Um, okay, so Roxanne is is a little higher now. You got it, you got her at plus one ten, plus one fifteen, which is which is pretty good. Um again, it, it it's tough to it's tough to come out and win a rematch, but I do think Roxanne has made improvements in her game and it and is becoming a bit, much better fighter um since joining Team Syndicate. So uh next up we got Sam Smiling Alvey, 33 and 12 versus Kidson Abru, who is 14 and 3. Sam Alvey is a plus 140 underdog. Kiltson, Kitson Abreu is a minus 170 favorite, which is a little weird to me. Kiltson Abreu is a guy who's a big, strong dude, wants to get to the fight to the ground. Decent stand-up, but nothing crazy. Um, good submission, strong on top. Doesn't really work all that well off his back, but uh, a lot of rear naked chokes, a lot of straight arm bars. Uh, uh, on his record as winnings. He has been TKO before. He's won some fights by TKOs, but a lot of his losses are from TKO. His last fight out, he lost a, a decision in the UFC. So he is, his UFC debut, he lost a decision. So a little weird that he's that high. I know Sam Alvey's coming off a few TKO knockout losses himself. I don't think he has to worry about that here. I think, you know, Sam Alvey's wants to counter. He's tough to take down. I don't think there's anybody in in the UFC or maybe I haven't seen all of Sam Alvey fights, but I don't can't recall anyone really just taking Sam down and dominating. He's tough to take down. He's got good takedown offense. He wants you to throw at him so he can counter. Um, I don't love that approach, especially now that his chin is going a little bit. I mean, listen, Sam has you know forty five fights. I mean, you get hit a lot. You got twelve losses. A lot of those losses do come by knockout. Um, 
I know he loves fighting. I know he's he's active, but he's got that piston on the left hand. He's got a good right hand as well. He's very he's un, unorthodox. He's very powerful, but that's him uh, countering, right? So Kitson's going to come in and really pressure. Sam likes to play against the cage a little bit. However, I don't see Sam getting taken down in this fight. I actually love this fight for Sam. I think this is a good matchup. I'm usually more scared um, with a Sam Alvey matchup when it comes to a striker because he does play that counter game a lot and he does crack. But then if he gets cracked lately, he seems like he hasn't been able to been, hasn't been able to take it like he used to. So at plus 140, I love Sam Alvey's underdog. underdog. That's back to back underdog picks right here. Um, that's three underdog picks already on the card. Um, I went on a, a on a win with Batista. I'm not confident in that pick. I, I don't advise you to bet that. But if you're going to run with an underdog, that's that's a decent chunk underdog. There's that. Sam Avi, he's there too. He's fighting a guy that is a submission-based guy that wants to get the fight to the ground. Okay stand-up. Nothing to really... It's concerning me at that point. And he's been stopped by punches before, and Sam hits like a truck. Sam's not really good going forward, so we'll see We'll see how this fight plays out. It, it might be a little bit of a dud, but um, I'm taking Sam Avi's underdog there. Okay, next up. We have Raquel Pennington, who is nine and seven, versus Irene Aldana, who is ten and four. Raquel Pennington is a plus one thirty-five underdog, and Aldana is a minus one thirty favorite. This line really surprised me because Raquel Pennington's a lot better than people give her credit for. She's a lot better than her records uh, indicates. I mean, she is a tough, tough girl. She went four, five rounds with Amanda Nunes. I know she lost that fight, but I mean, she went five rounds with the champ. Uh, Aldana's coming off two wins, uh, submission to Beth Cohera, uh, a split decision win, but she's got some losses in there too. Leslie Smith beat her, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Chukagin beat her, uh, Chukagian, excuse me. Uh, Raquel Pennington coming off a few losses as well, but I think she has the better competition. I think she's a better competition. She literally has two losses. She has a decision loss to Jermaine Aranamine, who we know is a killer, and she has a Ground and pound, fifth round ground and pound lost to Amanda Nunez. Well, she didn't want to go out in the fifth round. She's already beaten her. Corner should have stopped that they didn't. Before that, she won four in a row. Having Raquel Pennington as an underdog here, I feel like it's three free money. And she has came down a little bit. So I had her at plus 30, 135 the other day. She's at plus 115. Line's probably going to move. I'm taking Raquel all day. I love that fight for Raquel Pennington. Hopefully, mentally, she's there and she's ready to compete. Um, I didn't think she was going to come back after the Nunes fight. She kind of quit and was like, I'm kind of done with this. She came back and took Jermaine Durandamy, who's tough as nails, took her to the decision, lost the decision, took her to the decision. So as tough as they come, I don't think Aldana has fought the competition she has. And the competition that she has fought, like Chikagian and Leslie Smith, she's lost to. No, that was a while ago. But when you put an underdog number next to Raquel Pennington and against a girl who hasn't fought that many as high as competition, I feel like it's free money, baby. That's like printing money right now, right? How many underdogs is that? One, two, three, four. Four underdogs picks from your boy in six fights. I don't come up here and just pick chalk, right? I want to impress my numbers. I want to get my numbers up, but I also want to win money. And I'm, and we're going to win money. All right. Next fight. Now we're cruising along here. Again, it's late, guys. It's late. Next fight, Alex Caceres, 14 and 12, versus Steven Peterson, who is 17 and 8. Caceres is a minus 155 favorite. Steven Peterson is a plus 125 underdog. Really surprised by Caceres' record. 14 and 12 is crazy. Obviously, Caceres is coming off the Chrome Gracie loss. 
kind of a bad look, right? You kind of went through the whole ESPN plus in focus, whatever they did. He kind of was alluding to the fact that he doesn't think he'll get submitted by Crone. Um, he hit Crone with some, with, with a nice kick. Crone obviously is stand up is improving, but when it hit the ground, it was kind of over for Caceres. I think, you know, Crone get your back. You're done. Um, maybe a confidence boost. Steven Peterson's a guy, again, I don't know. Um, I don't know if he's ready for the UFC. If I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you, um, he's got, you know, one win in the UFC. He has, uh, against, uh, Bassett. he lost to Brandon Davis and Louis Pena by decision. It's as tough as they come. He's got a chin on him and, and he's going to need the chin because Caceres is, is tricky. Caceres throws nice kicks, nice punches. Um, I can see why he's the favorite here, even though he's coming off that ugly loss. Uh, it's a no-brainer. I'm taking Alex Caceres. There's not much of a breakdown for this fight. Steven Peterson's a guy that puts his head down, goes forward, throws punches. Caceres moves a lot, throws interesting kicks, throws punches as well. Peterson obviously can clip Caceres. Caceres isn't like a defensive-minded guy. Um, he could get clipped and get taken down uh, or put down, I should say. Um, Steven Peterson needs to make this fight really grimy. I think that's, you know, get in there and just make it an ugly fight. That's how you got to get your win. Um, I just think Caceres is a little little more well-rounded and a little more too elusive, has more weapons than Peterson. Uh, but I I would bet anything this fight goes to the decision. It won't, it won't get finished. Um, Peterson, I don't think has enough, uh, enough finishing power to, he's not a savage enough to put away Caceres. And I don't think Caceres has enough firepower to put Peterson away. If you're gonna bet this fight, it, it's a tricky fight to bet because I, I can see Peterson winning. I, I maybe not though. I think Conceres is the better guy. But if you're betting this fight, I just go prop. I would go goes to the distance. I don't know what the line is or anything in front of me currently, but that's maybe what I would bet on this fight. Next up, you got Andre Olaski, who's 27 and 18 versus Ben Rothwell. Andre Olaski is a plus 155 underdog. Ben Rothwell is a minus 190 favorite. Um, listen, Ben Rothwell got robbed his last fight. I'm glad big Ben's back. Heavyweight division needs kind of a, a an old school guy. That's actually getting better, right? Andre Lowski, he's not getting better. He's being more elusive and he's not being as hit as much anymore. And he's not being as reckless, but that's also cutting back on the fact that he's not a finisher anymore. Right. Uh, Ben Rothwell is improving, um, and has big power and still that great chin. I don't know why, uh, he lost his last fight. I thought he clearly won. He has some good wins on his record. He's got some ugly losses too. This is a rematch. Andre Lossi TKO'd him forever ago. Forever, forever ago. Andre Lossi stopped him. Uh, I don't see that happening at all. Ben Rothwell is going to get this done. I think Ben Rothwell is quicker, bigger, and better everywhere than Andre Lossi at this point. Andre's bounced around from team to team. He's been in Chicago. He went up to Duke Rufus. He's been to Jackson's. I think he's an American top team now or maybe... Hard Knocks 365. I'm, I can't can't be sure. He's in Florida, I think. So he's going everywhere to you know to find what he needs. Um, at the end of the day, I think he lost it years ago, and I think Ben Rothwell is, is, is going to get the finish here. Um, it's so easy to say won't go to the decision with 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 heavyweights, and I, and I would love to say that. But Ben Rothwell is a patient fighter. He likes to counter. He comes out and he probes a little bit. Andre Lasky moves a lot. But if I had to prop bet, I would I would put a lot of chips on that. I'd probably get finished by the second round. I don't think this fight will see a third round. Next up, you got Francisco Trinaldo. The guy looks exactly like the dad from Friday. I don't I don't care what you say. Call me whatever you want. Exactly the guy from Friday. The, the Craig's dad, Ice Cube's dad, looks exactly like him. Francisco Trinaldo is twenty three and six. He's fighting Alexander Alexander Hernandez, who's ten and two. Trinaldo's a plus one forty underdog, and Hernandez is a minus one seventy. A lot of handicappers like Trinaldo in this fight. Listen, he's tough. 
He's durable. I've doubted him before. I've lost money on him before. I get it. Good striker. He's 40 years old now. And, um, and, and he hasn't looked great in his last few outings, but he's tough to finish. He's a good striker, and he, and he can outlast people. Hernandez is the guy in the scene. A lot of people like Hernandez. I had Cerrone smoking Hernandez. That's exactly what happened. Hernandez did not look great in his OAM fight. He looked great in Benil Darius fight, but that's about it. But this is, I believe he's a San Antonio. I don't know if he's a San Antonio kid. He's a Texas kid. This is kind of a hometown thing for him. Trinaldo is a perfect fight for him. They're pushing uh, Hernandez because he's he, he, he likes to run his mouth a little bit. He's kind of a character uh, in a way. Good looking kid. Uh, kind of exciting style as well. You know, so Trinaldo is going to come out and, and, and really need to put the business to Hernandez. I see this being a tougher fight for Hernandez than I think uh, he thinks maybe. Um, but I'm not picking Trinaldo. I'm staying away from that underdog bait. Uh, I'm not doing it. I'm picking the favorite. I'm picking Hernandez. I think Hernandez is just going to get it done by um, outworking Trinaldo, being faster and mixing it up. I think Trinaldo's good. He's a little kind of a wild man a little bit. I don't think his technique's all that clean. I think his, his punching's a little wild, but he can take it. And and for some reason, he does land. It, it, it looks like it's not much, and it's not it's not the cleanest technique, but he does land. He does get shots off. So, uh, you know, it is what it is with that fight. I, I don't really like this fight all that much. I mean, I, I think it's a good fight for both guys at the right time in the career. I don't know really how it's going to play out. I don't know if it's going to be action-packed or not. I'm going to pick Hernandez probably by decision. Uh, I don't think he's going to finish Ronaldo. Although he should, and if he does... That's going to propel him more. We'll put the Cowboy loss behind him in greener pastures for Hernandez because he's a kid a lot of people are talking about. But a lot of sharps, a lot of handicappers really like that number next to Toronto's name. Okay, next up you got uh, James Vick, who's 13-3 and three, versus Daniel Hooker, who's 17-8. and eight. James Vick is a plus 110 underdog. He's moving because I think he put money on himself. And Dan Hooker is a minus 135 favorite. Let's see what it is currently. Um, James Vick still plus 105, and, and Dan Hooker's a minus 135. So it's about the same. No movement yet. John, uh, John, a uh, little. <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's try that again. John Anik said that uh, the, the line was much higher, uh, but Vick probably put a big bet on himself, which I love. Love the confidence. James Vick's Vick, take. 50. James Vick's been around for a while, um, but he's only got 16 fights, which I find odd. I, f- I feel like he's been around for a lot longer. He's obviously coming off two back-to-back losses. Before that, he had, not had a nice little run. Dan Hooker coming off a brutal loss to uh, Edson Barboza. He has since talked about it. He called himself a bitch or something, a pussy or whatever he said to himself. I'm a Dan Hooker guy. I mean, he's not one of my guys officially, but I do like Dan Hooker. The guy fought a heavyweight. People are talking about how James Vick's too big. Listen, James Vick's big, but Dan Hooker, I mean, trains with everyone bigger than him. I think this fight's going to come down to what kind of James Vick wants to fight. A lot of people are alluding to James Vick's probably going to take this fight to the ground because Dan Hooker isn't... If you're going to take Dan Hooker out, you might want to take him on the ground. He's a good striker, good knees, good punches. It's going to be awkward for both guys. The first round's going to be feeling out because they're both pretty long. They both have similar styles. I think this is a good matchup for both these guys at their point in the career. Jane Vicks needs a win. Daniel Hooker was on a hot tear there for a little while. He needs a win after coming off that beating by Edson Barboza. Both these guys propelled to the top or whatever like that. Uh, I keep saying whatever like that. I've noticed, I don't listen to myself back on that much, but I notice I say whatever like that or whatever the fuck I say. I can't, I, I, it's just a habit. I need to break it. I need to break it. Okay. Uh, Dan Hooker, 
I think is the better fighter. I think he's overall better. I do worry about Vic maybe getting the fight to the ground, and, and he does have some good chokes. Um, I am a little worried about the reach because I don't think Hooker's, even though he fought a heavyweight, at this weight, I don't think he's ever fought someone this big. I mean, James Vic 6'3 at 155 is crazy. Um, but I do think Dan Hooker's learned a lot from the Barboza fight. He's tough as shit. I think he's going to come in, and James Vic is very much hittable. Um, it's a tough fight to pick. It really is. Uh, you know, if you're taking shots on underdogs, I've already picked out fucking four for you, but if you're taking shots on underdogs, I wouldn't hate a James Vick play here. But I'm going to go rock with my guy, Dan uh, Dan Hooker. I think Dan Hooker's just, uh, just a little bit better everywhere. Uh, that's what I think. All right, next up. Sorry, boys, I'm drinking water. It's really good for digestion before you go to bed. It's just drink a bunch of water. That's what someone told me. Uh, Greg Hardy. We all know my feelings about Greg Hardy. He's 4-1. He's fighting Juan Adams, who's 5-1. They're both dead even. Minus 115. Let's see if that's changed at all. Um, people have Greg Hardy as an underdog on one site, but every everyone else has him pretty much a straight pick on both minus 115. Juan Adams is laying on thick. Juan Adams is talking a ton of shit. He's wearing Greg fuck Greg Hardy shirts this week on on fight week. Um, there, you know, Juan Adams kind of made this fight happen on Twitter. Didn't look good in his last fight, um, but he's fought the tougher competition, right? They're both contender series guys. Um, I want to say Juan Adams is a football guy, but I don't think he ever went to the level Greg Hardy did. Greg Hardy, <clears throat> bias aside. The fact that he he beat up his girlfriend multiple times and 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 did whatever else. The fact that he Pissed away an NFL career because he couldn't get it together with with drugs and all that stuff like that and, and beating his woman. Um, take all that away, right? Pure skill alone. He's very athletic. He's quick for his size. But that's it. He, I don't think he has instincts. I don't think he has. he's going to know what to do. I think he's gassing himself up. I think he has people in his corner or his team. Not Din Thomas. Din Thomas, I think, is, is his head corner guy. Maybe not Din, but I think there's guys out there outside of maybe the, you know, he changed the American top team outside of a top team that are gassing him up. He's saying some crazy shit. He's saying he wants to go over to boxing. He wants to be the fucking Michael Jordan of all combat sports. He wants to recruit more NFL players to do this. It's like, bro, you haven't beaten anybody, right? Like when, when you hit Alan Crowder and Alan Crowder kept coming forward and was waving you on, you shit your pants. Like your last fight out, you fought a guy who is should be fucking working at fucking funky or fucking Fuddruckers, right? The last guy you beat should be working at Fuddruckers or or giving fucking you know uh, weightlifting tips to senior citizens. Like, <clears throat> don't hang your hat on these wins when they're not wins. With that being said, I think this is a really good matchup for Greg Hardy. If I'm being honest with you, I think Juan Adams isn't the best striker in the world. I don't think he's very confident on his feet. And I think this is a good matchup for Juan Adams. I think this is what they need to do. I think Juan Adams handpicked this opponent. Um, You know, if I'm being quite honest with you, I don't know what's going to happen. I think the line is perfectly set. Greg Hardy can come out there and knock out Juan Adams in a second. Juan Adams could take him down, and it could be just a terrible fight because Greg uh, Greg Hardy has no instincts on the ground. Um, And I think think that could be a real possibility here. but with that being said, I can't pick, and I'll never pick Greg Hardy. I don't give a shit. I don't like the guy, um, and that's that. So I'm picking Juan Adams. Uh, I don't know if it's un- he's not. It's a pick him. He's probably going to be the favorite. Uh, so we'll keep Juan Adams. But 
Um, I do think they they match up well for each other. I think this is a perfect fight. I think this is perfect matchmaking. And you can't credit McMahon or Sean Shelby. This is fucking Juan Adams. Juan Adams put this together. All right, co-main event, Alexi Olenek, who's 57-12-1, versus Walt Harris, who's 12-7. Alexi Olenek's a plus-125 underdog. Walt Harris, a minus-155 favorite. Take a drink while I think about it. This fight's been the toughest fight for me to pick. I'm, I'm not a Walt Harris guy. I've never been high on Walt Harris. I, I, I felt like he has quit before in fights. Um, however, he's super athletic. His last fight that I got wrong, I picked him wrong. He destroyed uh, the, the gentleman he fought. I can't, uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of his name. Destroyed him, knocked him out in the first round. Brutal stuff. Alexi Olenek, another guy I always seem to doubt. I never, I'm never in his corner. He always surprises. I feel like he's so beatable because he goes out there. Striking's awkward as shit. He's hittable, but he gets a hold of you and it's fucking over. Walt Harris's fight IQ is very low. Um, not to take shots at Walt Harris. That's I don't want to be unprovoked. But when he has fought guys who are good in one area, he has always faltered a little bit. The Wardoom fight was a really pathetic display by Walt Harris. He took that fight on short notice, like, yeah, I'll get in there with the best in the world, blah, blah, blah. And he kind of shit the bed a little bit. I think the, the moment was too big for him. He has since rebounded really well. I've heard good things about people that have trained with him. He is a beast. Uh, Alexi Olenek, same thing. This guy's got fucking almost 70 fucking fights. I think he does. He has 70 fights. This will be his 71st fight. That's crazy. Still got 12 losses. So the guy's obviously doing something right. I know a lot of those wins are probably cheat wins in Russia or Serbia or, you know, Siberia or wherever the fuck. But he's got fucking 57 wins and only seven or 12 losses. Um, see, I'm going back and forth. I want to take Alexi because he's the under and I want to fucking cash. And I want to make money. I want to pay off my goddamn house. But I, I'm going to rock with Walt Harris. I think Walt Harris is going to be too much for him. I think he's going to fight. Finally fight smart, not let this fight to get to the ground. If that fucking big Russian bear tries to get close to you, boom, boom, piece him up. Alexi Olenek's coming off a knockout loss. I think Walt Harris could knock out Olenek. Um, Olenek is hittable. Thing is, is he gets dropped and the guy's falling on the ground and he fucking snatches your neck and with that fucking uh, Ezekiel choke, it's wild stuff. Um, I'm going to rock with Walt Harris, but I'm not confident. I, I probably will stay away from this unless I'm throwing him in a parlay. Um, I definitely don't think it will go to the decision, so I probably will prop bet it as well. Definitely won't finish. It won't see three rounds. All right, main event time. What time are we at? Am I am I doing good here? Is my wife going to kill me? All right, 34 minutes. That's about average. Okay, main event time. Rafael Dos Anjos, who is 29 and 11 versus Leon Edwards, who is 17 and 3. Um, Dos Anjos is a minus 105. Edwards is a plus 125. Let's see the line movement here. Dos Anjos is now an underdog. He's officially an underdog right there. Okay. So, um, I'm really looking forward to this fight. When this fight got announced, I thought it was a really good fight. Kind of got thrown together last minute. This card almost was like an overlooked card. They were trying to put this together, um, and get a real like main event here. Um, a lot of people were like, why is, why is Dos Anjos taking this fight? Right. You know, he just came off Kevin Lee when, what is he doing? He doesn't need to fight Leon Edwards and Leon Edwards. He just got three pieces and soda and kind of became famous a little bit. But he's coming off the biggest win in his career over Gunnar Nelson, which is um, a, a huge win because Gunnar is a, a style matchup that matches up bad with Leon, and Leon proved he can do it. However, Leon got taken down in that third round and got dominated by Gunnar. 
I think Leon kind of maybe took the round off and realized I'm going to play tight. I'm not going to get submitted or TKO'd. I'll let him ride on top of me. I've already got two rounds in the back. Leon's a very smart fighter. I think his striking is really good. He lacks a little bit of a power aspect. Um, he's really clean with his technique. He's hard to hit. But in the biggest Achilles heels with his Usman loss and with that third round with Gunner is he has a problem. Um, I don't think his takedown offense is bad, but he has a problem getting up from the ground. I think Dos Anjos is a killer here. I think Dos Anjos is going to come in. I think he's going to strike a little bit, and I think he's going to try to get this fight to the ground. Dos Anjos has underrated wrestling. Really good top game. Um, Dos Anjos is, is not that great off his back, but really good top game. He's taking down some killer black belts and has looked dominant on top. Coming off a submission whenever Kevin Lee, this is a really good fight. This is a really high, high-level mixed martial arts fight. The welterweight division, everyone talks about 145. Everyone talks about 155 being the best in the world, best, toughest division in UFC. There's hard to argue with that. But for my money, the talent level right now at 170 is unbelievable. They got so many top fucking guys. It's sick. Um, with that being said, <clears throat> I'm going to take my guy, Leon Edwards, simply because I think he's, you know, it's a five round fight. Leon's only been five round once with Donald Cerrone. He looked great in that fight. RDA is not Donald Cerrone. RDA can go five rounds as well. He looked great against Kevin Lee. He counters really well. He slits punches really well and he throws some nasty kicks. Leon, I think, needs to make a statement here. He got kind of embarrassed by Miles Vidal in London or Liverpool. London. No, it was London. And, you know, he looked good against Gunner. That was his biggest fight. He wants big fights. He's calling everybody out. He is very outspoken. He doesn't have a huge following. A lot of people don't really know who he is. This is a come out party for Leon Edwards. And Leon Edwards knows that. I'm hoping he's not dealing with any kind of injury. I'm hoping he put in the training camp of his life, which I think he did. I think he's going to go out there and I think he's going to get it done. I think he'll win a decision over RDA. I think he'll be too big and too strong. I don't think I don't think RDA is going to have... I think RDA will have trouble taking him down. And I think that's going to wear him a little bit. I think Leon's a little bit better boxing. I'm worried about the leg kicks from RDA. I think RDA's leg kicks are way better. But Leon does have some nice hands there. Not tremendous amount of power, but I think he can piece him up enough to win rounds and win the decision. So that's the main event. Those are my picks. I start off hot with fucking underdogs left and right. Um, I'm excited to watch this card on Saturday. Was it? Is this on ESPN Plus or ESPN? Let's see. Because if it's on ESPN, I'll probably record it. It is on USC on ESPN. There you go. So I can record it. Because sometimes with ESPN Plus, I kind of got to watch it live. I can't record it. You know, I got to live my life, boys. You know what I mean? My wife can only take so much. Hey, honey, can we go out to dinner? Nah, fights are on. Oh, okay. Are they on every Saturday? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, you know, I might have to watch this on tape delay. How old am I? It's 9.54. I'm exhausted. I just said tape delay. All right, time to sign off. Uh, those are my picks, and I'll talk to you guys next week. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. He will rock you. He
Lay it down. Nick, you want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?